0: A number of years before I came to Tikvat Israel, I was involved in a prison ministry at a church. However the day came when I walked through those doors that I knew that the call of the Lord was to go, to come here and be a part of this congregation. It was a very moving experience for me to come here. So laying aside the prison ministry, I got involved with our community, with the Jewish culture and traditions, and really didn't think I was going to get involved in prison ministry again. Even though here I really love the worship and our time together, it's very special. I still couldn't get it out of my spirit that the Lord somehow wanted to get me back into prison ministry. But there was a problem. And the problem was Messianic Judaism was pretty new. And unless you are a state-approved ministry organization or recognized uh, religious organization, I should say, um, you couldn't get into prisons, and you, and you could not put on programs, so, so I found myself a little disappointed that I really felt like the Lord wanted me to continue in the ministry in prisons, but I just didn't have a way to get there. Well, it so happened that one afternoon, and I believe it was a Torah study night, I was in a small sanctuary over here, and at that time, it was Jamie Cowan, Rabbi Jamie, He, um, he was coming from the back office to his office, and he had a handful of envelopes, you know, about this thick, and he was saying, I don't know, he was saying something to himself, he was mumbling, and it was like, what am I going to do with this? And just out of curiosity, I said, do with what? He, and he kind of growled a little bit, it was like, these, I keep getting these letters from the prisons. He says, he says, it's like they're coming in by the tongue. I said, Really? And I said, well, you know that I used to do prison ministry when I belonged to the church. And with that, he stopped abruptly, turned around and looked at me, and he says, are you still interested? And I said, yes. And with that, he handed me over the envelopes and says, it's yours. And that became my ministry. <laughs> And that, and that began my messianic Jewish ministry into prisons. But the unique thing about that story was, you know, there was a number of years that I had to wait. It was a time of preparation. It was a time of learning. But it was like, when the time was right, that door just flew wide open. All that was left for me to do was to accept the challenge and to go. So the question is, when is it time to go? Well, we do have some examples in scriptures. In our first example, do we have pictures? Our first example, pick number one, maybe. There you go. Father Abraham. Father Abraham had a unique call. And his unique call can be found in Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 4. That's pick number two. He looks a little young in that picture, I think. Okay, anyway, the scriptures say, And the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to a land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. And I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse. And all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham, or Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. This word go that's used here with Abraham is a little unique because the first part of the word go means walk it out. Just go. But because of the uniqueness of the nature of this promise to go it's also a covenant to go if you go I will covenant with you so the whole thing is contingent on the word go walk it out but of course as we know from the scriptures is that when Abram went he didn't know which way he was going he had no idea The command was just to go. Put one foot in front of the others and go. Now, think about that for just a second. You are leaving all your security that you know the comforts of your home, having your kindred all around you, your security, your wealth and basically even your very identity that's wrapped up in everything around you. Which brings me to the second part, of the uh, third part of the word go. Separate yourself. I'm separating you from everything you know, from everything you have trusted, from everything that makes you feel secure. I just want you to go. And you're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to trust me even after you start going that I'm going to tell you which way to go. You're going to have to trust me in everything because you don't know where you're going. But the Lord would say, I know where. Do you trust me? So in this particular case, it was time for Abram to go when the Lord told him. That it was time to go. In Hebrews, and pick number three if we have that. In Hebrews 11, 8 through 9, it states this By faith, Abraham, who was called to go to a place that he would later receive his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in a promised land that he was a stranger. In other words, he wasn't the owner of it, but he was the possessor of the promise that this land would be his and his descendants. But when he went, he was the stranger. No wonder Abram was called the father of faith. Do we have pick number four? Yes. (laughs) If you see my picture on Facebook, this may look familiar. (laughs) Moses. Moses. In Exodus 3 9 through 12, it says, And the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians. Are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And Hashem said, I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought all the people out of Egypt and will worship God here at this mountain. So the sign to Moses is, the afterthought when it's all over. The sign for Moses that God was with him is when he'll be back there at the mountain worshiping God. Now, let's think about that for a minute. How many trials did Moses have to go through? How many plagues were there? How many? It was a huge event. But Moses said correctly Who am I to go? He stated that absolutely correctly. Without the strength and the power of God with him, he couldn't go. Do you realize that Moses was actually the first, this is the first time the army of one was actually mentioned? Remember the old commercials about the army, army of one? Okay. Never mind. (laughs) Okay. He was the first army of one to go stand in Egypt talking to the Pharaoh that could take his life at any instant, knowing full well the strength and the might of Egypt. It had to be just an overwhelming thought to Moses. How in the world? The army of Egypt is one of the greatest armies in the world. Their oppression is great over the people. I can see no way this is going to happen. And in my eyes and in my strength and in my might and in my wisdom, with all that I have, I can't see this thing happening. But God said, I'll be with you. Go. The word go in this particular case is used as a mitzvah, to go. In other words, God says, I'm not asking, I'm telling you, you got to go. How many people know that when God says, you got to go, you got to go? I think there's a Jonah story in there somewhere. So with Moses, it was a mitzvah. You've got to go. And I love the phrase where the Lord says, to free my people. My people. Hmm. Do we have pick number six? Oh, yes. Another guy that looks kind of familiar here, this is Joshua. Joshua. Joshua had a commandment to go, too. But his was different. And pick number seven, if you have the verses up there from uh, Joshua 1, 7 7 through 9 and 11. It says this. Be strong and very courageous, but be very careful to obey all the laws that my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from them from the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. I have commanded you, have I not commanded you, to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And in verse 11 it says, Now go throughout the camp and tell the people, Get your provisions ready. Three days from now, we will cross over to Jordan. Here and go and take possession of the land. The Lord your God is giving you for your own. Now, with Joshua, there is an interesting little situation here. Joshua succeeds Moses there is a transference if you will of authority think about what it means when authority has been thrust upon you for a long time it belonged to somebody else it was somebody else's job someone else had to go someone else did all the dirty work, if you will. Now all of a sudden, Moses is gone. But you were under Moses' teachings. Now the responsibility falls on you. Now it's time for you to go. It's time for you to step up and take the responsibility. You're the man in charge. And think about what the angel of the Lord is telling Joshua. The angel was saying, I am encouraging you to unbelievable measures that the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you set foot, the Lord is with you as you are going into battle. The Lord is with you. Do not be discouraged. Don't, In other words, don't look at the size of the walls. Don't look at the number of people. Don't look at the number of weapons they have. Don't look at anything else but the Lord and know that he is with you and be encouraged because the Lord is going to give you the land. Just be brave, be courageous, and be strong in the Lord and Go. Encouragement. Encouragement is a very strong word. And isn't it interesting that after Joshua received his encouragement, the very next thing he did was to encourage everybody else. It says he went into the camp and encouraged everybody else. It was a big hurrah party. The Lord is with us. Be encouraged and be strong. And have hope. There's hope and encouragement when we know that the strength of the Lord is on our side. And it is also good for us as believers, as people in leadership, as we train up those who come up from from the learning level, if you will, and coming up into stages of leadership for us to encourage them. And bless them and help them into leadership roles. Encouragement's a very positive, a very strong tool. So before Joshua could go, he was encouraged to go. Now, let's look at some New Testament scripture about going. This is one of my favorite verses here. Luke chapter 9, this is pick number 8, 1 through 10, and it says this, Then He, Yeshua, called His twelve disciples together. He gave them power and authority over all the devils and to cure all diseases. And He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, Take nothing for your journey, no money, nor staff, nor script, nor bread, neither take you two coats. And whatsoever house you enter, there stay, and there depart. And whosoever will not receive you when you go into that city, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. And in verse 10, the, And the apostles, when they returned, told him all that they had done. And then he took them, went aside privately into a desert place, belonging to the city of Bethsaida. Now, what's interesting here is when we started off in verse 1, the 12 were called Yeshua's disciples. But when they came back in verse 11, it says, and the Apostles. This is the definition of the word go in this particular scriptures. This was a teaching ministry. I can remember here recently in jail ministry, I stepped back from going to prison one particular night and told some young folks, I said, it's time for you to go. It's time for you to trust what the Lord has put into you to teach. I stepped back and let them go. I used the example like a mother bird kicking out the small ones from the nest so that they will learn to fly. You have to sometimes nudge them to go. No different here. Yeshua takes a back seat for just a minute. Basically, what he's telling his disciples is that if you're going to learn what I am doing and how I'm doing it and what it's like to be in personal ministry, then I need to sit back for just a minute and let you go. But you see, when you go, your title changes. You're no longer a disciple because the very word apostle means those sent. But that only applies to those who've been learned, who've been taught. Under the tutorage of Yeshua, they were to become his apostles to the nations. So here, the word is different. It comes with an office. It's called the to-go office. (laughs) The apostles. And there's another case. And pick number nine. We have these scriptures from Luke chapter 10, the very next chapter. And so, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and set them two by two ahead of him to every town and place that he was to go. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers to the harvest field. Go. I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse, bag, sandal, and do not greet anyone along the road. When you enter a house, first stay there. First say, peace be unto the house. If someone who promotes peace is there, then your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking, whatever, you, whatever they give you. For the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. And when you enter a town and are welcome, eat what is offered you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come to you. First of all, I want to ask that when the command for these other 72 to go, Some scriptures say 70, some say 72. Did you notice the difference in instruction that were given the 72? You see, we know don't take an extra coat, don't take no money, don't take no purse, you know, those types of things. All of that's the same, but there was something different. Did you catch it? It says, and do not greet anyone along the way. Have you wondered why that's there? you got to remember that the disciples were with Yeshua for a number of years. They they had experience of how to travel, what to do, how to prepare for their services, or however they ministered. They had experience. The 72 did not. Could there be danger with meeting people along the way? The greatest danger about meeting someone along the way is that it stops you from going into ministry. They will divert your attention. They will sidetrack you. They will discourage you. They will interfere with what the Lord wants you to do. So, the greatest rule that you can give is that just don't greet anybody along the way, just go to where. You're supposed to be going and do what you're supposed to be doing. Don't waste your time. Now, the word go here is different yet from all the others. This word go means beyond my sight. Somewhere out there, just go and do the ministry. Go. And be my disciple. Now, what's interesting and different with the 72 is when they returned, they said to Yeshua, said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Yeshua replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And then Yeshua went on further and says, I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all, not some, all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And in verse 21, it's the only place in all the scripture you read the following. At that time, Yeshua, full of joy through the Holy Spirit to Ruach Hakodesh, said to the Father, I praise you, Father, God of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to your little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased To do. But you had to go. If you don't go, there's no power. If you don't go, there's no authority. There's no healing. There's no gospel that's being spread. It's in each and every one of us as believers to go. We have a job to do. Whether we are highly trained and knowledgeable or whether we're just laymen, it don't make any difference. We have the duty to go. But the most interesting fact about this, Satan falling like lightning from heaven, Yeshua said that. But the most interesting aspect of that is that This was before, listen to me, before the Holy Spirit of God was given. They had the authority of just in the name of Yeshua. That's all they had. The name of Yeshua and Satan fell like lightning from heaven at his name. I think sometimes we don't know the power by which we stand. That is our great hope. But we need to learn. We need to go. So what does all of this mean for us? When do I know I need to go? What is my call to go? I think the most learned verse for us in this area comes from Psalms. Do we have that? Psalms 37 verses 4 and 5. It says, Delight yourself also in the Lord and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust in Him And he will bring it to pass. I think that sums it up. When the desires of your heart is to serve the Lord with all your might, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, you're filling a cup. And when that cup gets full, it's time to empty it out. That's the go time. What ministry is there for you to go to? There are countless ministries. When you are full of the Lord and you are encouraged, when you are strengthened and you are encouraged, then it's time to go encourage others and strengthen others. And when you find your cup low, it's time to refill, to go back and fill. How do we fill our cups? Of course, number one would be prayer. Number two, seeking God's face. Number three, delighting yourself in his presence. Worship, reading and meditating on the word of God, getting full of him. And when you are full, go. Find ways to encourage others. Find ways to build people up. But you have to go.